Hey everybody, welcome to Questions on Tap, where we drink whiskey and talk about, well, just about anything. I'm Mark. And hey, I'm John. And on this episode of Questions on Tap, it's going to be the third part of kind of the last series of episodes that go off of a conversation me and John had, starting at objective morality and kind of jumping into religion and interpretation of religious texts. And in this episode, we're talking a lot about how different splits in religion have occurred, why that is negative in some ways, positive in others, and yeah, really just kind of diving into how that can occur. Obviously, off topic a little bit of objective morality, but I think it was a very fascinating discussion that I found interesting to have, and I hope you guys all enjoy. So yeah, thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Essentially, there are things that are objectively stated and are true, and there are small, what I would say in the grand scheme of things, are small details that people can interpret differently and, and have different understandings. Are, there, are the objective things that are stated to be true, can they not be interpreted? I mean, we actually, a lot of churches would say that, like, dogma is something you have to adhere to. Like, as a Lutheran, for example, as okay. kind of a non-controversial one. I am required I, as a Lutheran I believe that the bread and the wine at communion are the body that are the physical body and blood of Christ okay that's not an option for me I don't get to like interpret that differently that just is like I'm required how do you, mean you don't get to interpret it differently meaning if I don't believe it's the body and blood of Christ like that's like like I'm not really Lutheran then So if you read the text and said, oh, this seems interesting and different, you wouldn't be a Lutheran or wouldn't be allowed to be a Lutheran. It's not that like I, they're not going to kick me out or excommunicate me or something like that. I don't know, but I didn't know if that's what you meant. That's not what I meant. I'm just saying, but like on, but like technically speaking, if I don't believe in the real presence at communion, if I don't believe that Christ is all like I in a more extreme example like I don't believe that Christ is fully God at that point I can't even be Christian like 100% God 100% person yeah yeah if I don't believe that Christ is 100% man and 100% God I can't be Christian yeah no I mean I think that's a pretty like yeah I feel like I've heard that one too but, but what I mean by that is that like as you go down that's why like and even in the catholic church yeah there are theologians that disagree on certain on details of things mm-hmm. that are going to seem like big deals and i'm not saying details are not big i am just saying that in like the grand scheme yeah. of the christian message that like there's still unity in that disagreement but that's why that even the hmm. catholic church which generally speaks more about things that aren't because they have different views of tradition they generally speak more about things um, yeah, and are willing to make rules and things you have to adhere to and believe that aren't maybe found in scripture directly. Um, I'm not, I mean that with the utmost respect. Um, again, I was trained by Catholics, so I love them dearly. Um, but <laughs> the point is, is that like in that kind of perspective, like, but there are things that you're like, you're not allowed to disagree with. Like, for example, I thought about becoming Catholic. I don't believe mm-hmm. I do not find evidence in scripture of the perpetual virginity of Mary. And there really isn't any. But other um, people have. No, not really. Or the immaculate conception which there's like one way you can from my 
from my understanding and from my Protestant perspective, there's like one thing in Luke that if you really stretch and like try and read something onto it that most of Christianity doesn't see as there, but the Catholic Church does, but because there was there was a papal statement that is um I'm gonna I always mispronounce the word. I say ex cathedra, that's not how you say it, but it means from the chair. That he made a statement that the Immaculate Conception, which means Mary was born sinless, and mm-hmm. the perpetual virginity of Mary, which means Mary was um, always a virgin up until when she was assumed into heaven, and you were also required to believe that she never died, she was just assumed into heaven. I could not become Catholic if I did not believe those three things. See, I've, so that's, that's what I, I mean. This is, that that's that. so interesting, though, because I've talked to a lot of different Catholics actually about this. Because I remember you brought up to me, like, I want to say three or four years ago when you were kind of going through this. I yeah. don't remember exactly when. And I talked to so many different Catholics, and they were like, what? Like, that's something that we're, like, required? Or, wait, that doesn't, how does that fit in? Or all this stuff. And so should they not be Catholics? Is that how that works? There's different viewpoints on that. I think that the, the thing that we really struggle with, which is why actually in scripture, I would say the fact that there are yeah. different denominations and sects of Christianity is a mistake. Because in scripture, Christ, li- yeah, I mean, like, Christ literally says right point way blank. To interpret it. Like in the Greek, like you can't really interpret it a different way. Um, Christ says, do not divide amongst yourselves. That's like, a, do not divide into different sects. That was essentially what he was but, saying. I'm summarizing. Okay, wait, wasn't there, like, I want to say it was, like, the Tower of something when, like... Tower of Babel? He split a bunch of people with, like... Yeah, with, like, languages. Yeah, he split apart people with languages. Yeah. He was dividing them amongst themselves, was he not? Well, one, that was the Old Testament, not the New Testament. But that's still part of the A different point. That's, like, a completely different scenario, I would say. No, but it's... So the Tower of Babel people were building a tower to try and reach God and it became this whole like fake worshipping like essentially the people had turned away from God and so as like a punishment God mm-hmm. gave them all different languages so that as like a punishment so I think you could actually use that as a way of like God kind of creating diversity to fix a point in a sense that like God created different languages and different groups of people and different communities and through those different communities and purposes he can do good things through them and so I so th- it was okay if he split them but then when he said it they should stop splitting then they should stop splitting is that like how i think comparing the languages thing to what christ is saying about like christians not dividing among different kinds of christianity is like kind of not a good comparison i would say I get why. No, that's I, fair. I, no, no, I no. I know. get why. I'm not. God is not saying that division amongst all circumstances is bad. That was not what Christ was okay. saying. Christ was saying in the context okay. of Christian, like the church. I mean, like the unified Christian church. Okay. I do not think God is pleased to not split amongst by the, that by the fact that there are Catholics and Lutherans and Anglicans and Presbyterians and Evangelicals and Baptists and Methodists and the Quakers and a ton of other. I'm sorry if I did not name your side of Christianity. No, I imagine that doesn't make God happy. That's what, that's I what I'm guess saying. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Is that, yeah, oh, I but no the, doubt but, about that. But the unified, but what I mean by that is that Christianity has tried really hard to 
I think there's kind of an overemphasis on like confession confessionalism that like we make these hard fast okay. statements about truths that are either not fully clear in scripture or maybe are let me rephrase I think <laughs> I think the church tried to develop doctrine and ma- make doctrine change over time as context change and as different practices developed and with different viewpoints of what that means it led into schisms and separations and stuff like that but we sacrificed mm-hmm. but so then naturally when you have all these different viewpoints coming up there was an honor i would say from a good place there's kind of this focus on we want to preserve the truth right like it, the accurate interpret like you and i've talked about the accurate interpretation of scripture the accurate like the cap like the capital t truth of the world yeah. or the universe and, I think, yeah, I want to know it. You want to know it. I, yeah. And I'm not saying that's not important. I am not saying that it's unimportant that the Lutheran church says X, Y, Z, and a different church says A, B, C. And I, of course, am Lutheran and think that my church is probably... I don't agree with them on everything. I'm not 100% like most people. But I think for the most part, like I would say, I generally agree with the Lutheran point of view on things. So... I'm part of that. I'm not saying that's not important. I take that very seriously. But we have sacrificed yeah, unity to such a degree in the name of chasing details sometimes. And perhaps... But even, like, so what you're saying right now is that, like, even within, like, the Lutheran Church that you, like, mostly agree with, right? There's some things that you personally are like, eh, not totally sure. Because there is are... That... There are, when I say that, for example, commu- I'll use communion again. There is the wide, again, 100% pretty much accept, like, the you are required to accept that the body and blood of Christ, the bread and the wine are the body and blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we have, we, in confessional Lutheranism, we have closed communion, meaning that technically the rule is if you are not Lutheran, you should not receive it. Because well, isn't that the same like with Catholics the, are the same Catholic way. Church? Lutherans yeah, Catholics don't? are the same yeah. way. That like we shouldn't. Both churches believe that that uh, communing together, communing when you're taking commu- the Eucharist, the sacrament, mm-hmm. yep. you are not only receiving the body and blood of Christ, you are proclaiming doctrinal unity with those that you are communing with. And so, for example, if I went, if I went to like. Um, a Catholic church and I took communion mm-hmm. from both the Catholic and the Lutheran perspective, that action is, is saying that is a, a statement of doctrinal unity that when I say amen, I am saying amen to like the c- Catholicism in a sense that, that, that See, what's really interesting unity. is they don't teach that in school, but that is the, that's what I know. I then I think churches they don't, need to they do don't a lot explain better job that. that. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, like, to me, just as like somebody who was raised Catholic, if I were to go into a Lutheran church, I'd be like, yeah, this is like, this is the Eucharist, I'm going to take this because it brings me closer to God. Yeah. Like, for my interpretation, obviously, like, I spent a long time since I went through the sac- like, like, since reconciliation, or is that what it's called? I think it's what it's called. Yeah. But it's been so long that, like, about the actual official scripture, to me, it's just about getting closer to God. And to me that's good regardless of where you take it so i like some of that stuff about like that just doesn't make sense to me which maybe that's and i would agree for the most part i think you and i might disagree on a few points but i think for that's one area in which i disagree um (laughs) is that 
what I mean by that is that like the Anglican church, the Lutheran church and the Catholic church, I'm just going to use those three as an example. Cause they're kind of like yeah. the big three, what we'd call high church, not high as in hierarchical okay. kind of high, but like me and that we have like fancy liturgy and organs and hymns and we chant yeah, okay. and sing yeah. things. You know what I mean? So we high, do chant like the three, like the main line churches kind of thing. Yeah. That we all have slightly different ways of defining what it means to be the Eucharist. We all ex- give yeah. slightly different explanations. Sacraments literally means mystery. Technically, the most okay. official and scriptural way to des- describe communion. This is Jesus said, this is my body. Jesus said, yeah. this is my blood. He did not give yeah. a doctoral thesis on what that meant. You were no. just told to accept it, and it is a sacred mystery. And then Paul, in his letters explains the benefits of it and the importance of it and the reverence we should have for it and the proper ways of receiving it but this kind of like these slightly different ways of describing it I think are not great because we're adding to something that's not there when you say not great is that like because they exist or because others are wrong I think the fact that we're trying to define something that is literally a mystery is like missing the point. I'm not oh, saying okay. it's so like wrong we... to try and like, I think all of us naturally, and we're trying to understand something that's hard and confusing and a mystery that we all try and make sense of it in our own way. Like, what does that mean for Would you be... disagree? That's not a bad like, thing. Like if I like, but like if I say that I think it's kind of like, I want to say silly, but I don't, I think I can come up with a better, but I'm going to say, I think I it's think kind it's of silly, silly that as a Catholic, I'm not allowed to take Lutheran communion. Yeah, I think it's silly like, too. Personally okay, speaking, okay. I think it's silly. Um, yeah, I just like I've never really that. understood that. There, there's some stuff. No, people can. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff in Paul's letters where it talks about the kind of the kind of unity argument that they give. I. Mm-hmm. There's a large portion of us that, like, I'm not alone in this. I that feel like mm. they're reading something onto scripture that isn't there i'm not saying paul doesn't that happens a lot yeah and i think that like that's getting like to tie it back to objective morality the reason <laughs> why like scripture is an authoritative thing for objective morality is because most of the time where there are differences and disagreements is when people are trying to extrapolate things that aren't necessarily there and use it for things it's like they become they like, become too much of an intellectual about it. But in order to like saw or in order to know what every deed is whether it's good or bad, it can't all be written directly not, there. Not, That's not, just certainly impossible. not certainly not every deed is So they, it has to be like interpreted and extrapolated from other places, right? Yes, in a, yes, and so that's where you get the church tradition argument. Like I would make the argument, and, I, and Catholics would certainly agree with me. They'd go farther than me, but like I, we'd certainly agree that the role of the church is to try and give recommendations in those kinds of situations is to give recommendations and guides of like you know god did not speak about the certain medical technology that exists right now and i'm not referencing anything specifically but like just for hypothetical medical technology a was just made is it a moral thing Mm -hmm. the role of the church and the bible doesn't obviously address that specific medical technology but it says other things and like given those other things how can we as a church understand this and say something about it now what lutherans would say 
almost to a fault, I would say, is that we don't make doctrinal statements about that one way or the other for the most part. Unless it's like super obvious that like it clearly violates something, some law. Or so something. they just take a step back and let people decide then? Is that... At the end of the day, Christ gave two, said the two most important commandments are love your God and love your neighbor. If something is unclear, if your heart is centered on those two things, that's where discernment and prayer comes in. You got to kind of, there's not a, it's not something that we can definitively say. And so whatever you're going to do, is think there, of it is as, there a right answer? Sometimes no. So in like it's almost so not, not like so, a moral discussion, in a sense. Well, so so is anything that is a moral discussion is there a correct answer then? Uh, can you clarify what you say that again? Well, so you just said that like anything that isn't stated directly and from like the Lutheran take, I believe that's where you were talking from, that they say you should like go to the first two, the love God, love thy neighbor, and then pray about it. And, think about it discern and everything so if there's things that aren't listed in the bible or like in the scriptures or texts anywhere that you can't directly get from that two people can pray about it and probably come to different results so what we would what i and what i believe we would say um yeah to any lutheran theologians that are listening and i messed this up i apologize um I feel like they're going to be more annoyed at me than anything, so I would <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Most I've met have been pretty chill. But, the... I am not saying that there's not an objective answer. Like, I, I forgot what paper I was writing when I was studying theology, but I said that, like, where we see grayness, God sees the perfect right and wrong. So I'm not, like, I'm not saying that God doesn't have an answer to that question okay or like a like a, a true right way of seeing it but maybe it's it wasn't given to it wasn't revealed to us in scripture and we need to pray and discern about it together and try and come up with something that attempts to live in accordance with it um we may mess up and that is why we don't make definitive statements is because it's a humbleness not that i'm saying that other churches aren't humble when they do make more definitive statements about things it's just a different point of view but from our perspective it's a humbleness to acknowledge that like we might be wrong and at the end of the day we can't say one way or the other about this it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist it just means if it, not that the, the objective morality exists Sometimes it's not as clear to us, though, as people. And the Catholic Church would agree with that too. Like I think every church, every most yeah, people would so like agree like that there's a larger concept. As a larger concept, does the objective morality exist? Yes. Does it? Is that something that has been can given it be via, known? In theory, yes. So no. I'm not saying no. I'm I know just, whenever you say in theory, yes, there's like a no, big asterisk on it. A, so I'm always interested to see what you mean it's the practical can it be known are we capable of knowing yes can god reveal it to us of course god can do whatever he wants um can will we know it i don't know 
we may not know. I mean, we will know someday. But we might not know in our lifetime. In our human lifetime. Well, I shouldn't say it. We'll always be human. We will not know within our earthly lives. Perhaps. I don't want to use a term. (laughs) Or in our (laughs) Mars. Or like... I just... I just... Yeah. No, that was... That would be cool, though. Yeah. uh, Right, dude? I don't don't have no idea at this point. Um, The journey of religion is not always finding answers to everything. It's just finding more... Sometimes God's answer is a question. And sometimes his answer is silence. That's not an answer. Yes, it is. The question is not an answer. question is an answer. What's two plus two if someone says, what is three? I'm going to be like, that's not an answer. Well, no, I think it is. That's another question. No, no, you can answer questions with questions. What is two plus two? Well, what is two? What does two mean? Yeah, well, that's not answering the question, though. That's posing another question. Sometimes we're also using math, which I feel like is not a per. I do that. That's, so I respect that. I, you do do I, that. I do That's that why I'm doing it. I do that a lot. Um, but the point of it is that... Like, no, but you, you, but you know what I mean. I don't think questions to questions are answers. I, I think... I think they can be. I, yeah. I, I think what is to is an answer. That's just a fundamental disagreement. Well, it's a question. It's a, it's an, you're answering a question with a question. It's a question because you don't know the answer. Oh, I Or it's a question so. because you don't understand the question. No, maybe it's a maybe it's a it's a question that will probe the original questioner to a deeper understanding of what two plus two means. That you can yeah, but you still so once that question. once they come, so if I so if I if I came to a deeper understanding of two, would then you give me the answer of what two plus two is? Is that how God works? Perhaps you won't. Need <laughs> I know you can't answer that because no one really. Knows. Perhaps you won't need it. No. <laughs> I mean, by kind of I mean, seriously, I like mean that's that. a very theological answer. I, I kind of like that. I kind of seriously mean that, though. Like, perhaps you won't need. I know it. you do. That's what's funny. Um, I mean, I, that's tongue in cheek, but I think it's true. Um, you might not need him to. <laughs> yeah. What if you do, though? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe you don't. Maybe you feel like you do, but you don't. <laughs> we feel like we need many things. Sometimes what we what we feel like we need is not actually what we need. That I saw you even just look off into space like that didn't really make sense. I'm looking, no, I'm looking at a. There's a book that I'm thinking of in my head that I really want to go open a book, open to a passage, but I don't know where it is, and it would take too long. And it's not suitable for this podcast, but perhaps. I'll See, see. there's sometimes where I'm like, wow, I really wish we both would have done like hours of research on this beforehand. But also sometimes I think it's kind of fun that we're just kind of like talking yeah, we're just because obviously I'm not an expert on any of this. I'm not. Either. And I literally pulled up a Bible passage in the midi- middle of it because I didn't know. So it's always like that interesting balance of whether we try to have like this super deeply science or like precise conversation or whether it's just we're trying to like learn or trying to explain certain things just from what we know. I kind of like this better. Yeah, because I think the goal of this podcast is we think I think we would both agree that in society we have we struggle with the ability to have tough com not even to just any kind of conversations about big questions in yeah. life. And I think people don't ask enough big questions i can comfortably say that and we don't come i feel like we might ask pod- them too much <laughs> perhaps but we don't come to this podcast claiming to have a hundred percent answers nor do i as a person but the ability to try and answer is a worthwhile and honorable pursuit yeah and i feel like what's awesome is like even after all this i'm like challenging this like challenging the the like the theology of it 
I know at the end of the day, like, after we kind of end, end of this episode, I don't think you're going to be mad. I hope not. We'll oh, see, you know. Of course I'll let you know in the next episode. Never. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, Mark will still be no, here like, in the next it's, episode. It's, it's just, it's just a fun and interesting conversation. I feel like I have taken away something that I can kind of use as a perspective. I don't know if John has. He might just be annoyed by everything I'm no, saying. No, no, I'm not But the idea at all. is that we both, the idea is that we both kind of learn something that the other side has thought about. And I think that's kind of, like you said, it's a very honorable pursuit. No, and I, like, you and I come from obviously different perspectives on religion and everything, but like a lot of your questions regarding like, well, if the church says this, but you know, this church says this about this and like getting in, I don't, I don't like using the term outsider, but for lack of a better term, like a, a not in practicing Christian's perspective on like, what do those divisions mean? What are these kinds of like versions of the questions? Like Mark pointed something out to me about, um, you know, when Mary finds out that she's pregnant with Jesus, he asked me, a, he mentioned a very interesting thought oh. he had after Christmas, which, separate, completely unrelated topic. But the, I, I want to dive into that at a different time. It which, actually relates to our free will episode, which yes. we'll, we, I think we'll touch on again. I like oh, that one. Oh, 100%. But the, it was a really interesting question that, like, I had a kind of an answer, like, I had thoughts in my head of it, because I didn't give him an answer when he asked it, because, well, it wasn't, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't want one. And so... I also think it was one I wanted to reflect on, but mm-hmm. it's not a question I've thought about, at least not in a long time, and it was really interesting. And so I, I think that's what the journey of this podcast is for us, is asking questions that the other doesn't think about, and or put, making points that don't feel as natural to a person. Because like, yeah. my, like... Like my ability to say, like, well, maybe you don't need to know the answer, is like... That's very natural for me to say that and f- just be okay with that. And I know that's not as satisfactory for you, and understandably so. Doesn't mean one's better or worse yeah, than the other. I, I just mean, but like, we have different approaches. Like, I'm more comfortable with some things than you are, and you're more comfortable with some things than I, I am. I have found most people are more okay not knowing things than I am. I are most more, more okay with not being able to know things than I am. I think that's. A, like difference I found with most people I've talked to. Yeah. Like, the idea that we can't know things is difficult for me. And that's come up in other episodes too. Like they won't be the first time, won't be the last time. Yeah, and I think I, there's a I think you and I both agree is like a tricky balance. Like I don't think saying, well maybe well I don't know and I don't care to know, like I perhaps it's a lazy answer. Like I still think the pursuit of something that is mm, perhaps yeah. you can't know is a I don't think because we can't fully know something that it's not worth something investigating. Yeah. Even if we can't fully know it. I mean, I don't think you can actually be religious and believe that because, like, we cannot fully understand and comprehend God, but it's still worth trying to know him to the fullest extent in which we possibly can in our human, in our earthly life. In the same way, like... Earthly. Earthly life. I have to be careful because if I say human, that makes it sound like when we die and we go to heaven, we're not human, but we still are... It's not what I'm if saying. you say earthy, I'm just gonna say Mars. I know. Um, I need to come up with a better answer. It's tough. I know. Um, our universe lives. Universe-based life. Um, yeah. So yes, objective morality. Our carbon form. The. Oh yeah! Wow, we went really. We we're went all over the place on this that. one. But objective morality, yes, from my perspective, after last hour of conversation about my way of seeing it that 
scripture and well really god is what determines the objective morality scripture is the authoritative piece that we have to understand that and the other tools that we have are prayer and discernment um and i hope one day people can agree on what god's word is and that it can give people the path to act in ways that are actually objectively moral instead of what I would say is some people doing things in God's name that are not. And I hope that people discerning things can lead them into a way that leads a good life as well. But I think it's tough. I certainly agree. I pray for unity and I pray for moral action and fulfilling and following that word to the T. Um, Yeah. Probably won't. And I think, I'm I'm assuming this is probably going to be like a multi-part series of this conversation. Um, Yeah, this will probably be cut up into multiple episodes. Content. Yeah, so... Right. (laughs) Um, So yeah, for everybody tuning in, I feel like this is a good place to end. I think it will be interesting. I think we might... I might want to have one on objective morality again about like the ideas of it without a God and the potential for it, yeah. if it is possible, if it's not. Because that's where I thought this was going to go, and it just took a totally different road and brought up more questions for me. I also want that. to explore objective morality outside of a God. So if we can do that, uh, I really yeah, want let's to. Totally do it. I, but I'm going to be probably be asking you more questions because I don't have as many answers for that one. I have question, I have more questions. Oh, I, I think, points. Oh, I think what's awesome is probably me too, but I think having a discussion about it will be fascinating yeah. just in and of itself. I agree. See, I think, like, with that, I think we can call it an end to this, like, series, episode, whatever it's going to be. Also, disclaimer, if you have true, if you have actual spiritual questions that you need help with, I am not an ordained anything. You should go talk to your priest or your pastor for better information. Yeah, no, or 100%. Better spiritu- or let me, not better information. More, Probably more spiritually relevant advice to you. So, go to your church. And yeah, don't look at this as, I would say don't look at this as spiritual guidance. Like, if it just hel- having if it a conversation. Can be, if it can be, and it's helpful to you, awesome. That is my dream. But maybe it's not. Um, yeah, go to your church. Ask questions. It's never a wrong reason to go to church. This really did turn into just a whole episode on theology, which is kind of... I'm okay with that. This is my dream episode. There's going to be more. <laughs> this is my dream episode. Oh, there will be way more. For anybody who obviously doesn't know at this point. Me and John are very different takes on this, so it'll be interesting. But all right, I could just keep talking. I feel like we should wrap it up before I just keep rambling about different things. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for checking in. If you liked the episode, <laughs> subscribe. Maybe give it five stars, and if you're able to and you're legally able to, have some whiskey too. Enjoy it. You deserve it. <laughs> Responsibly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Yep. Or day. Take it easy. <laughs>